Hey, Nico. You're a child of the 80s and 90s, right? You ever seen Fern Gully? <laughs> Don't even start. <laughs> when, when you saw it, did you wish for somebody to remake that into an action film, cross it with Dances with Wolves, and add some mind-blowing 3D effects? <laughs> I don't know what to say. Because if you did, you got your wish. Mark, what are we watching? Movie Tales. I'll have what she's having. Hosted by Mark, Jeff, and Nick. Round up the usual suspects. Three lifelong friends who all dropped out of film school because they all figured out they loved watching movies more than making them. Are you not entertained? Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. These cinephiles review and reveal widely unknown factoids, lore, myths, trivia, and cultural impact of the movie. Mostly funny. I'm your huckleberry. Sometimes serious. I'm going to make them an awful game. Definitely interesting in into the best movies we only thought we knew. He's looking at you, kid. <laughs> We're watching Fern Gully and Dances with Wolves. <laughs> and out came Avatar in 2009, James Cameron's epic creation. And we're going back to Pandora because... The sequel comes out in just around the corner here, so um, we're all excited. Yeah, very but for excited. those that need a recap, uh, on the lush alien world of Pandora live the Navi, beings who appear primitive but are highly evolved. Because the planet's environment is poisonous, human Navi hybrids called avatars must link to human minds to allow for free movement on Pandora. Jake Sully, a paralyzed former Marine, becomes mobile again through one such avatar and falls in love with a Navi woman. As a bond with her grows, he is drawn into a battle for the survival of her world. Dun, dun, dun. Um, Nico, you love this movie. <laughs> uh, I, I love this movie, too. I don't, I don't know if Jeff loves this movie. Um, Jeff, do you love this movie? This movie's awesome. Okay. I don't know if I love All it, right. but this movie's awesome. I do. I, I love this movie. Um, I, I think I have to find room for it in the top 50 after this, I think so this too. rewatch. Wow. Just because... And we'll, we'll get into it here, but uh, let's jump right in. I, I, I think we all saw it in the theaters, and it all blew our minds when it came out. Correct, Nico? Yeah. So mine is that we saw it opening weekend, and it was like a concert that we had to go to. It was literally like we thought it was going to sell out at one point, and we fucking panicked. It was uh, like a Sunday night in... December, my friend Dave and I, and we just knew we had to go. We were literally going to show up in line and start scalping tickets. I'm not kidding. That's how big of a deal it was to see this thing. And I think it was, it may have been a midnight preview. I don't know why that would make sense on a Sunday, but I mean, I still remember everything about it, the experience, all of it. Um, I've probably been to two to three movies with that friend since, but I, I couldn't sleep that night. I couldn't wait to start telling everybody I ran into the next day how great it was. It was just Probably looking back to this day, as I reaffirmed watching it in the theater again, the top five movie theater experiences of my life. I support all of that. You know, so when this movie came out, it just, I mean, it blew me away. It blew, I mean, it blew everyone away. It was, it was, like you said, one of the greatest theatrical experiences of my life. I own the Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Bought it when it came out. Yeah. I don't even remember watching it, but I know I did because both my kids have said we've watched it. But that's just because 
I just blocked it out of like the home viewing just because the theatrical experience just is, resonates yeah, that much. much. Yeah, it's and, so important. Uh, so going into this rewatch, give me a second, Jeff, before I get to your moment in time. I kind of had a premonition on Friday night, and I was saying to myself, you know, I keep getting this, you know, I keep being reluctant to put put on Avatar. Because right. I, I think I'm you couldn't get through it. You couldn't get through it. You would mention it. I just think I'm going to fall asleep on my couch. And, and so I have this premonition that night, and I said to myself, you know, if Nick really loves this movie and really wants this podcast to be great, he would Venmo me money to go watch this in the theater it. again. I swear to God, swear to God, I told this to wife when this happened. So this is great, right? So Saturday morning comes around. I get a Venmo for 30 bucks from Nick. <laughs> yeah. And then I get a text message. Thanks for helping, you know, lead the podcast, go see Avatar in the theater on me. And my mind is just blown. Because I literally was sitting there Friday night thinking, God, you know, if this should... And so then I spoke, like, since I spoke it into existence, I told Jen, I said, we got to go to see Avatar Saturday Saturday (laughs) night. So I had to, like, somewhat cancel plans, change things up. Oh, my God. Like, just to go see it in the theater at that point. And it was just hilarious to me because this all this this all happens. So, so yeah, we're gonna get into what worked in a minute. But Jeff, when was your moment in time? That's and how, awesome. How'd the initial rewatch go? That's fantastic. Uh, moment in time. I saw it opening weekend, or it was opening weekend or the next weekend. But I definitely saw it. I uh, saw it in three D, and I'm gonna echo that. One of the top five theater experiences of my life. Um, I saw Gravity when it came out on 3D and I didn't think it came anywhere near what Avatar did. For one point, Avatar's a better movie. For two, I interestingly enough, I think they actually did the 3D effects were actually better in Avatar than they were in Gravity. And Gravity came later. So I too was very reluctant on the rewatch. I never bought the DVD. I never saw this movie again after seeing it in the theater. Yeah. Because I had many, many it years past too. Was such. This isn't so much a movie as it is an experience. Yeah, that's a great and way to put it. It was such a great experience that I was afraid of tainting it with a rewatch. And my plan all along, I knew we were going to do Avatar this year because we had to. The new ones were coming out. One, I wanted to revisit it because I don't didn't remember a fucking thing about this movie. I remembered how cool. The special effects were in the 3D, and I remember liking it. So I remember the basic plot points, but like I, it was like watching again. It's been 12, 13 years since I've seen this yeah. movie. It was like watching uh, a brand new movie. So, so yeah. So well, let's let's talk about the rewatch too. Go ahead. My John. plan was from the beginning. This movie has to be experienced in the theater. I saw they were releasing it in the theater, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the theater so I can give this the proper podcast. All week long, leading up, I had a th- the time picked out, a movie, and I started thinking about it. And I was like, you know what? I want to see if this movie works without the 3D and without the experience. <laughs> Were you being cheap? Because I had... No. <laughs> uh, not at all. 
I actually, I actually had bought the ticket already. Okay, all right. And I decided not to use it. Okay, uh, all right. On the, I like literally have. But an you better have good reasoning here. So an what, unused what? movie, movie ticket. Okay, and all right. So, but I was like, no, I want to see if does this because my initial fear and my hesitancy on a rewatch, and one of the reasons I never knew where to rank this movie was I didn't know if it could hold up without the theater experience. Once the glitz it and the glam taken out, how does it do? And it, it does, it does. I hope you agree. It turns out it's a pretty damn good movie. Okay. I enjoyed it. I did I did watch it on my nicest TV. And one of the cool things that stood out to me is this film is gorgeous, even without the 3D. It's shot beautifully, and that really stands out. There's a couple moments that drag that if you're watching it in 3D, you're completely mesmerized by the effects and you can absolutely tell when they are. But I'm okay with that because this movie's meant to be seen in the theater and meant to be seen on 3D, so I'm not gonna have a problem with that. But it very, it's not, so what, I, what do I say about this movie? This movie is, like I said, more of an experience than a great film, but it's also a pretty damn good movie. Uh, it, it holds itself up with most top action titles, even without the 3D effects and the theater experience. So I'm really glad that I gave this a rewatch on my couch and I didn't just go into the theater because I still probably might have held that perception that that's the only way to see the film. Well, it's good oh, that it's one of not, us did. I, no, I put the Blu-ray on too. So... So the Blu-ray got viewed after the theatrical experience, and the, I mean the Blu-ray is just as gorgeous too. And, and what makes the three yeah, it so really s- pops out. I, I what watched makes it on like th- my. What, yeah. what makes the three D so special is there's, there's no gimmick to the, the, his three D technology. His goal was to just immerse you into that world. Yeah, sure. So and you feel every bit of that in the theater, but you see every bit of that. In, in, in the two-dimensional form at your house. And, it pops and you, on and screen. You, it really it, Oh, yeah. It's, it's so gorgeous. Going it's, back to Gravity, I don't think Gravity would be the same experience. Gravity Gravity is terrible at home, and Avatar is not. Gravity I, is I, that absolutely... Me. Don't get me wrong. I saw Gravity in, in IMAX, and it absolutely blew my mind. It's so cool. It's right there I, with it, Avatar I'm not going to say it's not cool. Yeah, it was very like cool. Just cool theatrical experiences, but Avatar just holds up on the rewatch where Gravity doesn't, not nearly as much. Nico, what worked? Ooh, so much. Zoe Saldana worked. She does. She's the best actress in this movie. I think this movie was carried by women. I do. And that's no coincidence coming from a James Cameron movie. This is true. This is very true. uh, He's really good with women in movies, whether it's Linda Hamilton in the Terminator series or Sigourney Weaver in Aliens. Sigourney came back to work with him. Sigourney's great in this, but uh, yeah, that was no coincidence. In, in my opinion, but she is she's she's incredible. She com- she steals every scene she's in. She she commands the screen, and we had no clue who she was when this movie. Came. Yeah, and speaking speaking of themes, that the, the themes I, I, of my favorite line in this movie, which I'm jumping ahead a little bit, is that the the, the best resources aren't in the ground; they're all around us. I think that them playing on that pretty heavily it was very touching, especially at the time, but even holds up twelve years later. And that that to me is. Where the movie gets a lot deeper, right? That's where we connect Pandora to our world. Yeah. I thought first time Sam Worthington really. I, it says here that he lived in his car when he was auditioning for this. I think that's a pretty incredible story. 
uh, he's metal worthy. He's probably not going to get one because there's so much talent here. But I think as a leading man for his first time in a real acting gig in America, it's pretty big. Yeah, and it, I mean, he was, and that's crazy that he was living in his car because he has so many credits under his belt before this <laughs> right. movie. But I think it was all stuff in England. So then I, I'm, I don't know the story. Or Australia, Australia. Oh, Australia. That's yeah. where it's from. Sorry, yeah. I, I just, I didn't even. We're know We're talking was like Australia. small part-time commercial gigs, right? And yeah. Okay. So thing. yeah, I just, yeah, <laughs> I knew there was nothing major. It's like you know, Sam. My introduction to Sam Worthington was definitely an Avatar. And then he gets the the lead role in Clash of the Titans right after, which then bombs. And he, I don't know if he... Oh, he had several bombs after this. But he exactly. But he sign on for the five sequels, or the four yeah. sequels. So it's interesting that Sam Worthington's career never took off, because I didn't think he was bad in this at all either. Yeah, not at all. You said so, so yourself. You texted me, Jake Sully's the man. <laughs> he is. Jake Sully's the man. Yeah, he worked. And Cameron does a good job of not getting a ton of well-known famous actors. For some parts, yes. But for other parts, no. I mean, he could have cast anybody he wanted in this movie. You say James Cameron and everybody from A-list all the way down to C-list probably contacts their agent and said, see if there's any open roles for me. Because they know what it means. Yeah. Do they? Or is there still a lot of, back, is there no. still a lot of backlash on him? Definitely not. Don't even okay. get me started on that. The biggest asking. Oscar travesty is the Hurt Locker beating this for Best Picture. But but they they did that because he's not the most loved man in Hollywood. Right. I love James Cameron. I I I've been very honest about how he's one like one of my favorite filmmakers, and I love all of his movies. Yeah, you know, that I know is he is not a popular man in some. So circles. you bring that up, Avatar at the Oscars, right? So Avatar was nominated for eight eight Academy Awards, and it it uh, it only walks away. With visual effects, cinematography, and art direction. And keep it in probably mind, crushes it if he doesn't... The reaction the reaction to his Titanic speech was so visceral. They in, in, in Hollywood, unfortunately, it's very similar. We talked about The Godfather. And we talked about... Um, what's his name? Not... Um, boycotting. Marlon, Marlon Brando. Brando yeah. Marlon Brando boycotting. And how just infuriated they all were with that. Well, no, actually, yeah. the one... The bigger one was... Uh, Al Pacino boycotting, and they say it cost him an Oscar in the next next one because right. of the boycott. Didn't yeah. just so, the ring. So the, the academy and James Cameron stepping up and doing the "I'm the king of the world" for what it, which I didn't think was bad. I didn't ever think it was as bad it, as everybody else did. It's bad looking back. It's bad looking. The moment of silence too. Not good. Uh, but that's not. I mean, the numbers don't lie, Jeff. This movie surpassed Star Wars, Jurassic Park, and well, and by guy, you know, I mean by inflation too. No, adjusted for inflation. Titanic. It surpassed Titanic. Uh, and those numbers don't lie. So any actor in Hollywood is going to see if there's a role. Maybe not, maybe discreetly, maybe off the record, but they're all interested. So, yeah, so I mean, so it wins only basically visual effects, cinematography, and art direction, which Jeff already mentioned how great the cinematography is. And it, and it so I'm so glad it won that Oscar. But. Yeah, Hurt Locker totally stole director and picture from this movie. <laughs> who was his and, ex-wife, right? Yeah, it was his ex-wife, Catherine Bigelow. Catherine yeah. Bigelow won, who was married to James Cameron for a couple of so years. So fucking Nick crazy. is correct. Nick is correct. It is number two all time, adjusted yeah. for inflation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Titanic, yeah. Titanic's three, and Star Wars is this four. This is just crazy that his ex-wife too. I mean, yeah. was it gone? Was gone one, with the wind. Jeff. Gone What's with the wind one? is our yeah. box office champ. That those that wanted to turn the knife a little bit tighter. Yeah, they got their no opportunity. I, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt that there's oh, yeah. some Either Academy not, voters sure. that are like, "Hey, I'm not going to give it to him. I'm going to give it to his ex-wife." But a decade later, there's nobody that has even seen the Hurt Locker 
or remembers the hair it's locker? A good mo- I, okay. It's a good movie. Okay. I, it, I think I like Avatar When's the better? last time it came up in any conversation about even any movies? Every you know? time we talk it about is good. The, every it, time we talk about the damn Oscars that yeah. <laughs> well, every time situation. we talk about Oscar travesties it comes up. But when's the last so, time uh, so you're like, ah, oh, the good. Oscars. The Hurt Locker is good, but Avatar is far superior, far memorable, far more important to uh, you know, uh, film history. And on top of it, Inglorious Bastards came out that year too, which is better than Hurt Locker as well. So <laughs> This movie, this was an example of the Academy trying to do too much, trying to progress, trying to, you know, stick it to the man, whatever. But they did too much on this one, and they, the clear answer is It's Al Pacino not, getting nom- or not winning Best Actor. Like, yeah. it's the same. The answer it, was clearly History repeats him. itself. Avatar should have been Best Picture. Absolutely. So, I think what makes this movie just so special is Pandora. You are not in Kansas anymore. Pandora is a character in, in itself, and Pandora still looked incredibly futuristic and fresh, and it was created 15 years ago. <laughs> That's what blew my mind. Um, I mean, it was this... released 13 years ago, but they were making this before it was released, so it Pandora is at least feel... 15 years old. It does it... not feel like a 15-year-old movie. No, nah, yeah. it could have come out. It could have come out this weekend. It would have been wow. Old, that yeah. movie was totally futuristic. That yeah. should be up for best visual effects. <laughs> you check out special Oscars. effects. 100, 100 yeah. percent. And, and you yeah. know what, boys? In another 10 years, I bet you we're going to be saying the same thing. Like, holy yeah. shit, it doesn't seem so bad. Like it's 22 and years so, ago. Now. Well, and, and, we say the same thing today. Like ni- Terminator 2 was made in 1992, uh-huh. and those special effects look fucking great. Yeah, it's true. And, right. but, but keep in mind, in 10 more years, we're going to have four more avatars. So maybe we won't and, be saying that. Well, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, we're going to find out. We're going to need at least two more for sure. Um, this and because the third one's in post production already. <laughs> so, but no, no, they're, uh, they're happening. It's yeah. Not um, but this world we just get immersed into, it's just so incredibly detailed and well done and well thought out that you can't help but love it. You can't help be, but be mesmerized by it. And. I found this quote from James Cameron that I thought was interesting where he said the key to a sequel is to meet audience expectation and yet be surprising. So I'm very excited when I read that quote for this new movie coming out with in mind that Terminator 2 well, and he's responsible for, yeah, two of the greatest are both sequels under of his time. belt and they're phenomenal. And, and um, Aliens, he kind of got to put his own spin on, but Terminator 2, he was carrying his own original idea We'll get into a little more Cameron here in Career Corner, but uh, Jeff, anything else we didn't miss, we missed on what worked? Oh, the music's great. I'm sure we'll talk about that. But oh, we're talking. Uh, I didn't even know we were into what works. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Perfect. You're you're rounding us out with what worked. I mean, just the Pandora, the look. You guys nailed it. This is just a beautiful film, uh, and, and there's just enough story and just enough character. To help carry it, but it's this is just a visual masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. Uh, favorite scene, Jeff? Uh, it's it has to be the. Uh, I really enjoy the montage. I know the montage is a series of scenes, <laughs> so maybe it's a cheat. No, you can always and use I, a montage on I this I podcast. Crit- I very much criticize montages all the time. I know. But I really enjoy the montage. Uh, I criticize them, and then I, I often pick them as my favorite. So it must be a love. It must be a love hate relationship yeah, yeah, yeah. that I have. Uh, well, no, because the there's a certain type of mon- 
There's yes, a certain type right. of montage all of us appreciate on this podcast, and I do believe that would be a training montage. Which is, no, him becoming, and like the love, kind of the developing of the love story between the two of them, and then him just basically becoming one of them. Yeah. It's so his, important to that movie, because if they don't sell that, the rest of the movie doesn't work. His training montage. And it works so fucking great. Yeah, totally. That's my favorite scene, too. Um... There's a few more, but I, I totally agree how important and how touching it is to watch, right? His transformation, really. And, and they do it so creatively through his video logs, too. I love that. So I love our introduction to Natiri, where she saves Jake's ass after he's been left there yeah. at night. Where she just makes this struggle, like, oh my god, I gotta do this. Because I'm not gonna be able to sleep if I let these jackals just eat him. And... It's just such a great scene because you watch this whole struggle that she goes through, and then she, you know, she gets yelled at and has to, you know, defend herself. And we already knew she went through this internal struggle after she takes him to, you know, their people, and it's just great. It it, it just you're just all in on that. You're just all in on Pandora, Avatar, everything at that point. Once he gets left there, I think up until that point, you're kind of you're. You're not sure, but then the movie really takes off from there, I feel like. But um... no. I Mark, I totally agree. That's that's one of my favorite scenes too. Sorry to interrupt, but like when we first see Pandora at night, it's like mind blowing. It's like Burning Man times ten. It really is. And it's in three D, it's so beautiful and I thought when he first gets there and he's playing basketball and fooling around and learning how to use his legs again was kinda of cheesy, but the second we see that night scene, yeah. we're fully invested. For sure. it's, that, that scene's interesting too because that first that scene where he's I remember I had a flashback to being in the theater when I rewatched that scene I remember at the time thinking is this entire movie just going to be like 3D like fooling around like, it, it almost it feels like that was the first 3D scene they shot because they that's the only time it feels like they overdo it in the movie so with the I, 3D I agree with you there Nick well with the Ewa coming down and uh, yeah yeah like exactly. the little spiders like that scene is incredible and it's, so, it's, it's well, the here's the thing with it. Well, here's... I got this quote from James Cameron on the 3D because his 3D was... There was 3D before this came out, but his 3D for this was groundbreaking. And his approach to 3D was, in a way, quite conservative, he says. We're making a two-and-a-half-hour-plus film, and I don't want to assault the eye every five seconds. I want it to be comfortable. So I want you to forget after a few minutes that you're really watching 3D, and I just wanted to have have it operate as a at a subliminal subconscious level, and that's the key to great 3D, and it makes the audience feel like the real participants in what's going on. He does that like never. That's never been done. It hasn't been done since. So I can't wait to go back to Pandora, I all over again in December. It was I famously I've seen. I, 3D gives me a headache, full like full stop here. Like I get a terrible headache. But I, of course, saw this movie in 3D, and it was worth the headache. And I saw Gravity in 3D. But it gives me such a... Any other movie, that the 3D is like an add-on. I I just stay away from 3D because I fucking can't... I think it's gimmicky. It I became too much it. for a while. It did. It became I, like, but, uh, 3D, let us get extra money out of you. the third movie I will see in 3D is going to be Avatar 2. Like, but do we even no know? Is this going to officially be 3D? Is it going to be 5D? Do we even know? I mean, he waited for technology for this movie, so what is it going to be? Um, I'm, I'm assuming 3D because we got a first look. 
when we just watched rewatched it this in 3D. Yeah. I just have a feeling it's going to be more than it. Well, it's definitely going to be more based on what he already based on that quote he said about sequels. He, you know, you audience has an expectation, but you also need to be surprised. So, I can't wait to see what he does. Yeah. Uh, I seriously can't either. That, that's mean, why we're here. That's why we're doing yeah. this. Yeah. So, so we're excited at midnight, damn near midnight on a Monday. Exactly. Uh, any other scenes that you absolutely love that you just want to make mention of, Nick? I love the war scene. I do. I mean, he really does keep us pretty captivated. They mentioned several times, how are they going to beat these helicopters with, with bows and arrows? And even rewatching, even though I, I knew, it was, it was pretty captivating to be like, how are they going to beat these guys, right? Like, how the hell are they going to do this? They're, they're literally fighting against technology with, with old technology. And we know something badass is going to happen because Jake becomes the, you know, the Toric Maktu, right? Where he, you know, he's only now the sixth person to ever successfully ride one of these things. <laughs> I did not know yeah. that, actually. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they tell us that in the beginning when they, when they, when they, I, met, when Nick, they... I missed that too. Wait, there's five other guys that have done it? <laughs> There's five other guys in the, the first. Wait, in, no, no, no. There's five, five other guys in the Navi. history of their Navi people that have done it. That have Only ri- five that have rode Taruk Mac two. Yeah, and Mark, that's why you're great in this podcast. Attention to detail. <laughs> you yeah. see this movie. You saw this movie fucking twice, and you're now an expert. You you can you can write papers on the Navari people. This is <laughs> do you think do you think they foreshadowed him writing Taruk well enough? Do you think it was? Did you see it coming? Um, I think that's a, un, I don't know, because you know I, I, it's I coming the on the rewatch. I was good in the movie. You I, know it's coming on the rewatch. I think on the initial watch, I don't think I, I don't think I expect it. Because that scene, it's such a villain, and they really kind of just, they, they really sneak it in there. Like, both of you didn't catch that either, because they talk about how five other people had written one, and it snuck by both of you, so. How many other, how many other times has Pandora been invaded, Mark? Was this like like the third? Was this the third human war? What like? I'm more. I'm interested in this history that you captured. (laughs) They teach it in college courses now. (laughs) I think Mark speaks. I think Mark borderline speaks the language. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait! Quick, quick note on that though. Uh, Sam Burlington said learning Navi was easier than learning the American accent. I thought that was super cool. Perfect. Let's get into quotes. Yeah. I actually got a quote. And it's not a quote from this movie, but um, it is a quote from Roger Ebert on his review. And I did put it in my quote section and I just thought it captured this perfectly. And he says, there is still at least one man in Hollywood who knows how to spend 250 million or was it 3 million wisely? I thought that was very well put by the late great Roger Ebert. Yeah, James Cameron. He was the uh, first one to spend a hundred million on a movie. T two and Titanic, two hundred million, and this was—I uh, don't even know what this cost. What did Avatar and Roger cost? Ebert famously hates movies that are like expense, expensive and bad. So that quote coming from him is uh, pretty well placed. Yeah, James Cameron can have a blank checkbook, as far as I'm concerned. Every movie he spends money on turns to gold. So there you go, Jim. Have a have at it, buddy. What do you need? You're gonna create this technology? Okay. All right. It's gonna take you seven years. All right. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I guess. I guess it'll work. Sure. I, you know, it's worked every other time. I put. I wrote down. It is hard to fill a cup that is already full. 
everything is backwards now. Like out there is the true world, and in here is the dream. Energy is only borrowed, and one day you have to give it all back. I love that line. I have that favorite, one down too. Favorite one I of the really movie. love that line. Yeah. Uh, I love Jake Sully's just last video log there, where he you know says it's. I don't want to be late for my own party. It's my birthday after all. This is Jake Sully signing off. I, I love that moment because he's just. He's so excited. <laughs> and I get it. I I think it's one of the underrated aspects of his character that just why it makes so so much sense for him to just fall in love with this character because he has legs again. It's very simple. You know? But he, he loves every bit that he's born again. I mean, you can just tell becoming paralyzed was so defeating to him. You know, and that's I'm glad you bring that up, Mark. That's something that really stuck with me in the rewatch because the, my first watch of this, so much was focused on the environmental stuff. There's a lot going on with the, with his uh, paralyzation and like him getting his legs back uh, like through an abbot. There's there's a lot going on there that's actually pretty cool. It, it's oh, yeah. another theme in the movie that kind of I kind of lost the first time I saw it. You are Omatakaya now. You may <laughs> make your bow from the wood of home tree. You may choose a woman. We have many fine women. Nanat is the best singer. I don't want Nanat. <laughs> I love this scene. Payroll is a good hunter. Yes, she is a good hunter, but I've already chosen. But this woman must also choose me. She already has. It's a great moment. You buy every bit of it. I love it. Um, yeah, yeah, and the, and it's not just the, it's not just the uh, language or the the dialogue it's, it's how she delivers it yeah it, she's great she's so incredible she steals every scene she's in what didn't work Bell! Bell! Ooh. um norm he was a bad actor oh yeah you hated norm yeah i hated norm yeah norm was um He's a no, bad actor. He, yeah, he's not great. Yeah. He's bad. James he's, Cameron didn't put James Cameron really didn't bad. put much work. And you know what? You know what, James Cameron? You claim that you make everybody read for their roles. Um, <laughs> he mailed that. You must in. not. Must you must have counted Norm as one of the extras because there's no way that guy read for Norm and you were okay with it. <laughs> Wait, well, do you outside. agree he was bad? Do you agree that he's bad? Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's not good for sure. <laughs> he's not good for sure. But yeah. let me be clear before we start this category. Don't one of you bitch that this thing is too long. It is perfect two hours and 40 minutes. Two no, I have no minutes. issue with the length. Yeah. My you're only the issue hates, is... You're the one that hates long movies. That's why so, it's so funny. Sure, that I just want to get that out of the two way. favorite movies of all times. Mm-hmm. I guess like my biggest knock long. on this is... I think... And, I'm, and, I, and I usually don't care about exposition, but I think I wish there was an exposition scene for the Na'vi people as to why Jake Sully and Grace keep passing out. Yeah. <laughs> Like I, I like I feel like I needed to see that scene. Just well, they, to... they try to make sense of it instead of just kidding. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like at some other point, Grace should have told them like, hey, just so you know, if one of us just all of a sudden passes out, it's because we're using this technology and like I, for, for like, it's my own peace of mind. <laughs> like this is the part where it doesn't need to happen, but I needed to put something in this category, so I was like. You know, I could have used this scene there where the Navi people, you know, so uh, it, it would make them worry a little bit less. I have a major, uh, I do have a major beef with one thing in this movie. 
Love the oh, movie, Jesus. don't get me wrong. Oh, God. No. Here we go. Woo! Outside of the two leads, um, Jake Sully and uh, his girlfriend. Natiri. The, they're the only well-rounded characters in this movie. Sigourney Weaver's character is just literally a scientist. There's no background. There's no complexity. There's no... Like, um, the Giovanni Ravisi character is way too cartoony and way too villainous. One dimensional, but, but I think... Like, what the hell have you people been smoking out there? <laughs> there is just... Think, it is a, it is a film of one-dimensional characters. Not that I want... Not that I need every character to have multiple dimensions, but the, they are pretty one-dimensional across the board outside of our outside of our two leads okay but okay again this is a film carried by women sigourney weaver she's working for the scientist but she's also working for the corporation see i think colonel Corich is awesome as just this just the villain the stephen lang that's I think fine great i don't need I him think... i don't need his background as to why he's a colonel and stuff his as head of security it is my job to keep you alive I will not succeed. Scene where you know where he talks just, about just how he's a badass. And give me one. Avatar okay. just ate him up. Give me one. I, mean, I don't want them up. all to have like these great backgrounds, but give me give me a couple. There's like two, and even that, even those two are a little thin. Actually, Jake Jake Sully might be arguably the most. Developed, what do you mean this was one. just meant for popcorn? I mean, there's anthropology courses on this, right? Pandora. Huh. The Navi. This is an experience. This movie's an experience. Oh, it has a ma- okay. Yeah, it has an environmental message. I mean, for like I said, there's a reason I keep alluding to Fern Gully here. I wish you wouldn't, um, but I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I know. You keep, call, you, keep, you keep selling this movie out to Fern Gully, and I'm starting to get annoyed by that too. And I'm just like, <laughs> I just what is going on? You guys. Like, Ferngully is a very early '90s film that, like, so most when James, people listening are not going to know what you're talking about. They're not. So when James Cameron came up with with Avatar, his inspiration was every single science fiction book he read as a kid, and a few that weren't science fiction. So like the Edgar Rice Burroughs books, H. Ryder Haggard, the main the Manly Jungle Adventure writers. I wanted to do an old-fashioned jungle adventure, just set it on another planet, and play by those rules. Like, that's all he did. And he sure. just created this incredible world, so... Agreed. But, yeah. um... Hopefully by for those time... listening, that was his true inspiration, not Fern Gully. Yeah. Oh, we don't know that he didn't see it. Some hack of a non-Disney <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah, seriously. I, like... Fern Gully was a good movie. He didn't enjoy right. it. But nobody, nobody under 40 is going to know what you're talking about. Um, anthropology courses should be teaching this in 10 years from now, if the next four sequels do their job. That's my biggest hope. Hey, listeners, we got our first test for you. If any of you that are under 40 have heard of Fern Gully, send us a message. Yeah. <laughs> We're down to so here. speaking of James Cameron, I'm going to do a brief career corner here moment on James. So he drops out of college in California and then drives a truck to support his screenwriting ambition. And he lands his first professional film job as an art director, miniature set builder, and process projection supervisor on Roger Corman's Battle Beyond the Stars in 1980. And then he had his first experience as a director with the two-week stint on Piranha 2, to which then he got fired. So then he 
writes and directs the Terminator, and I guess you could say the rest is history after that. There's a good story behind that, too, though, if, if you'd let me share sure. it for a second. He was dead sick in a hotel room, and he was hallucinating with, like, food poisoning, and he kept seeing humans' eyes turn red. And with that, he ran and, and wrote the first Terminator. So that's part of how he started writing the Terminator. So he... This magazine article, so I got five things about Jim that I found, just because you love James Cameron so much. So I, I wrote in my notes, five things about Jim for Nico. So, number one, he prefers four to five act structures over his over a traditional three act structure movie. So uh, that's why sometimes his movies feel like they're long, but they don't feel long, like we just discussed. Um, first director to film both a $100 million and a $200 million budget movie. We just talked about that. Okay. Uh, what was the hundred million know? dollar one? Was that Terminator Two? I just I yeah, T Two. Yeah, okay. yeah, that was the first movie to cost a hundred million. Wow, which is exactly he keeps breaking the record ago. for like yeah. most expensive movie ever made, yeah. and he keeps hitting it out of the park. Yeah, exactly. Did anyone know he wrote a screenplay for Spider Man, and it was too violent, so they went with Sam Raimi's version, no, which is the Tobey Maguire Spider Man's. Yeah, no, I never knew that. Yeah. because he's a writer too. So here's what's cool. You made me think about it when you said about about the Terminator. So there was a magazine article written about him in the '80s where it described how he had three desks set up at his house. One desk, he was writing the script to The Terminator. Another, he was finishing the script to Rambo Part 2. And on the third, he was writing Aliens. That's just mind-blowing to me when I read that. I was just like, what? Like, that's just crazy. And then here's this other crazy fact. He's really good friends with Guillermo del Toro, okay? So in 1998, Guillermo del Toro's father gets kidnapped Cameron coughs up a million bucks ransom That's to crazy. get his father released did yeah. the kidnappers uh, act accordingly I, I mean I'm assuming yeah he got his dad yeah. back so yeah I mean I just had in my notes that he gave his friend Cameron wow. Toro more than a million dollars in cash That's to so pay a crazy. ransom and this was post Titanic of course he and had his it. father released after he was kidnapped in 98 yeah and so, and what's crazy with the Terminator, he sold the rights to Terminator to get it made. So, like, T2, he only did T2 because he got full creative, you know, uh, choice on everything, basically. And the only reason he never did T3 was because they basically wanted to go back to the well to make money, and he, he didn't care about that, so... But uh, because of that experience, he started his own company, which I think um, is, is it know. Lightning Storm. Yeah, Lightning Storm, and and that and that's you know why he said he's the king of the world because I'm pretty sure Titanic was the thing that right. bankrolled that for everything, and Avatar's had a, <laughs> been part of it too. So, so I know everything about. James Cameron. I did not know actually until tonight that he owned Lightning Storm Entertainment, which it says right here. Founded in 1990 by James Cameron and Lawrence Kasanoff. Wow. That's yeah. all good info, Mark. Good job. Well, I mean, he's been doing films for 45 years, and he's only got like nine movies, you guys. I mean, yeah. Terminator, Aliens, in order. Terminator in 84, Aliens in 86, The Abyss in 89, T2 in 91, True Lies in 94, Titanic in 97, Avatar in 09, mm -hmm. and now Avatar 2 in 22. And but then he, Avatar it's getting, 3. You notice how it's getting longer? Avatar, you notice how it's getting longer between films, too? 
Gosh. Such but, an but, interesting but guy. But he's going to blow our minds again, and that's why. I mean, he's all in. He's 68 years old right now. He should. I'm expecting him to. So I, 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 I actually have... And it's coming at the right time. I'm so happy for this. Movie theaters need this. They do, More man. than ever. God. And James Cameron is going to save the movie theater. Medals to give out? Uh, Jeff, what are your medals? All right. Um, lo- I mean, I should just give Pandora a fucking medal. Yeah. Uh, oh, but, tempting. like, uh, I don't know if I can or it's against the rules, so I'll stick with the conventional rules. And I'm giving Zoe a bronze. She steals every scene she's in. Mark's 100% right. Uh, Sam Worthington gets my silver. Uh, he's he is our avatar into this world and he comes with a very great hero's arc traditional backstory and he is our it's so he delivers that so beautifully and so well that keeps us in this world his videos are so important to the telling of this movie yeah brings us his video logs his video logs and it it really keeps us in this world. And he just nails it. And the gold goes, I mean, they can't go to anybody else but James Cameron. I mean, if I wanted to give Pandora, I have to give it to James Cameron because he created this world. And he hits it out of the fucking part like he always does. Uh, I want you to go next, Mark. Um, I gave an honorable mention to Sam Worthington. And uh, he he didn't make the podium, unfortunately. And I feel bad now because <laughs> I put our villain, Stephen Lang, on my podium. And Jeff just gave such a glowing review of Sam Worthington. I feel, I feel bad that I didn't give him a medal. But I'm going to stick to giving Stephen Lang my bronze. I, I, I just love him as our villain. I love every moment where he's like, I can just hold my breath out here and I'll just get a mask whenever and then I'll start breathing again. Like, I yeah. love all those moments. Like, those were. I it's totally. so perfectly over the top and works for his character. I love his speech that he gives where he talks about a scar on his face from Pandora. It's great. It's all great. Uh, but Zoe Saldana, uh, Natiri, she gets my silver medal for sure. She's incredible. Absolutely, absolutely incredible. Steals every scene. I, she's just phenomenal in this movie, and, and I kind of forgot about her in this because I hadn't been back to Pandora in so long. So, um, but yeah, my gold goes to James Cameron's his movie. Like Jeff said, if I could give Pandora's part of that medal right there, so right. that's him. He he wrote, he directed it. It's all his his world, his crazy mind, his genius, and uh, yeah, he never went to film school. So look at that. <laughs> it might have been. It might have been one of the easiest golds to the sot like yeah i would agree i would agree nico what are your medals i'm going zoe saldana bronze i'm go- i'm actually going james horner silver i think this was oh, okay our music. just so you know he lost I almost, to he michael almost my he he almost i wanted to get zoe on that medal stand if i didn't want her on there so bad he was going on there Nick. right really no i respect you guys' medals I, like none of them piss me off and sometimes they do but this is you guys are just solid where you're at i totally agree but i just think James Horner. There's only three great composers so in, in, in movies right now, right? It's uh, Hans Zimmer, it's James Horner, and it's uh, John Williams. Yeah. But James Horner, to me, is my favorite. There's a couple others, but no, I hear you. They're definitely the big three, right? It's, James Newton Howard's so a big good. one. And... 
The score is yeah. the score is so good. And, and then there's the Pixar guy, which Up won that year, by the way. And the music in Up is really good. Yeah, it so is. I don't hate on that, but right. I, I did and see. I, that I don't want to give loss. nobody their credit either. I didn't mean it that way. I just meant there, there's there's a big three. Right? For sure, you're right. You're right. No, no, no. I, I hear you. And James Horner, I have it in my notes here. He had to recreate otherworldly sounds unfamiliar to moviegoers. I thought that was, but you can kind of still hear the Titanic soundtrack in there too. So I'm assuming you use the same instruments. It was so beautiful. I, uh, so I watched the movie on Friday night on Saturday night. I had to drive to a wedding, which was two hours each way. And I just listened to this soundtrack there and back. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it is so cool. While you were texting me, I was actually listening to the soundtrack. I'm not sure if I told you that. No, you didn't. But it was, it was kind of recreating. You're like, Oh yeah, this is that, montage where jake's you know training with the navi to become one of them and you just recreate it and it's this movie is not as good without that and there's reason that james cameron calls james horner i assume i, I don't know for sure that Horner's going to do all four that are coming because it's just not the same movie without him i think that team cameron and horner work so perfectly beyond that's it's, it's what made titanic so special too and obviously james cameron's getting the gold i mean this he's Next level as it gets. He is the best director in all of Hollywood, in my opinion, which you guys already know. It's, um, it's getting late. It's, it's really And uh, I think we, we all might have a couple of ponderings. But, uh, Jeff, you want a bat lead off here? You got a pondering to, to start us off with? Yeah, I want to talk about that speech that Jake makes. That was a great speech. But was there a plan? Like, Dick, I, my takeaway is, uh, I mean, thank God for uh, Iwa, you know, like, comes in and saves the day. But Jake Soley, great Marine. But uh, no, shocker that he never made general. Um, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> hey, uh-huh. his spirit was there, okay? <laughs> so he was good uh, at inspiring, but no logistical plan. He had him ready to go, but then they did. it was just kind of, we're going to fight when they show up. He had uh, him fired was, up. He had, you know, he had the William Wallace Braveheart speech, hoorah down, you know. I was thinking, because I, I, I couldn't remember from, like, on the rewatch. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, he, he knows the way these guys think. He's going to, like, outmaneuver them. Nope, he's just like, we're going to be here to fight. We're going to wait for the uh, rest of the forest to save the day. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, so, uh, what else do I have here? So what happens so that, when someone's yeah, avatar dies? Like, we haven't seen that, right? We didn't see that. I, I, I was so curious. Like, do you so, die like, too? I want to, exactly, we don't know. Feel, so, they make it feel like that, right? I know, yeah. So I want to, hopefully we see that in the sequel, right? <laughs> or is it just that those avatars are so fucking expensive? That if that thing goes down, you're not getting another one. I don't know exactly. That's these are things. This is what keeps me up at midnight. <laughs> I mean, I had a similar one when it was. So when does Jake Sully sleep? Because nice. exactly. I know he's like when he's sleeping is when he's out there. But is he really getting rest? It does not feel very <laughs> restful. And I think they do a good job showing that he's lacking sleep because as the course of the movie goes on, he's tired, and he even says the. The real world's starting to feel like a dream, and the, you know, the dream makes to it that at least. switch. I mean, if not, I mean, that's pretty cool way to live your way to live your fullest life. You can he's living a full. And life he's just so excited to get back there every time because he's that's not in true. a wheelchair. Like, I, I well, get and it. he has a hot. He has. He also has a. He has like the hottest chick in the rainforest. Well, waiting for him too. Like, let's be let's be real. The motivation here. 
Hey, there could be hotter, hotter Navi girls. We just haven't seen them all. We no, don't... they're all good hunters. Sigourney Weaver is a beautiful woman. <laughs> There's some good she's, singers. She's too. in her like fifties in this movie, right? <laughs> so uh, he's jumping. He's jumping to Zoe, the first chance he can get. But she's got to choose him. Hey, and he 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 does a good job of making sure that it's him. So hey, could Jake, either Jake either... not a general, but the guy's got some ladies' man skills. I'll, I'll give him that. He's got game. So could either of you cross over to the Navi if given the chance? I think so. Give this planet 20 more years. Hurricane season, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe if my avatar wasn't... Elon Musk might be working on this right now. Right. Maybe if my avatar didn't attract mosquitoes as much as my human body does, I might be able to make it. All I could think, all that rainforest is... I would just be eaten alive. Wait, now's a good time to bring up that it takes six years to get to Pandora. We haven't brought that up yet, but it's in my notes. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. That's in the very (laughs) beginning of the movie, too. So if I was past my prime, might as well go to Pandora, yes. But right now, i got a few years left, my friend. But I don't think you... Do you age during the six-year trip it takes? I'm always wondering, okay, in any of these movies, because all, let's face it, all of these movies, you know, you go in the hyperspace thing, they have the chamber, you're asleep the entire time, they all make jokes about it. But I was I had that exact pondering and thought while watching the uh, movie. Mark was, do you age during that six years, or is your like aging freezing? Is it a way to like get to the future quicker and be? I think Austin like, Powers like might this, have done the best job answering these questions. Like for in us, the sci-fi but... movies where you would just become You're the right, same Austin age. Powers does answer the question for when us. When they would cryo freeze you and you would stay the same age while everybody else aged around you. I forgot about yeah. those movies from the nineties. Forever Young, Mel Gibson, baby. Demolition Man. Now, yeah, now Demolition Man. Now Nick, now Nick's all in because he wants to see what pop music sounds like. Am I the only one who wishes that humans had a tail after watching this film? Or that we humans did? It's it kind, of made, you, it kind of made you envious of a tail, right? Wait, mm-hmm. did you really wish you had a tail? Eh, it looks kind of fun in this movie. Well, because they I now immediately think, like, but that would alter every item, every article of clothing, every pair of underwear. Well, I, I mean, like. I... I don't wish to like grow one and be the only human to have one. I'm just saying I was watching it and been like, <laughs> if the rest of us had one, that it actually looks like a limb that you could do some things with. All right, I got, I, I got. Well, no, I got this uh, this final one, and I I think the answer is yes. But is Avatar the most beautiful film ever made? Ooh, it's up there. We say close. Is there anything you can think of? No, like, I know. I mean, I just, I'd have to think about it. But I mean, yeah, it, it depends. It's gorgeous. It really does. It's Sci-fi-wise, gorgeous. definitely, but there's some movies that are naturally lit. And... Well, I mean, I think, I think movie-movie-wise it is, but the other thing that's like hard to compare this movie is you almost have to stand it up against animation, too, because most of this movie is actually animation. Right. This movie so, barely made it out of the anim- animated feature category for Oscar purposes, too. It's, yeah, like, it's hard. So... Yes, um, there are some beautiful animated films too. Um, this one's kind of a com- combination of the two. I will say that whenever they combine the two, there's always, even when it's done at its best, there's always some awkwardness that's so seamless. Uh-huh. You don't feel like you're watching an animated film yeah, when you watch this totally. movie. The transition is so flawless. But it's and seamless. not is it entirely animated. I mean, they're real actors. They're just Cameron, right? It's like somewhere Cameron's between. A real, yeah, exactly. It's somewhere yeah, between. James just Cameron is just the man, basically. Uh-huh. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I really, 
I really sat there and pondered it after watching it again in the theaters, and I just, you know... When Ewa turns all of the creatures loose on Pandora, the thought that went through my head was, so is that what it means to open Pandora's box? Ooh, cha-ching! <laughs> Can't put Pandora back in the box. We cannot put Pandora back in the box. Anything we missed, Nico? Ewa, I heard you, Jake. Oh, yeah, there's a few. We sprinkled it pretty well. Uh, avatars have eyebrows. True Navi do not. Avatars are not the same as Navi. Five fingers versus four. So if you notice, Jake has five. And that's when he sprinkled uh, Natiri's face with the, with the war paint. Now you're making me want to rewatch just so I can count fingers. Yeah. So <laughs> when she's got the war paint on, there's five fingers that put it on. Navi only have four. Uh, the passage of time can be shown in Jake's hair growth through his video logs. So this trying to trying to give us an idea of. We know he's got three months when he first gets there, but we really see that through his hair growth. I thought that was cool. Was banned in China for no other reason other than monetary purposes. They're worried that this movie was so good it was going to compete with their movie. I have that uh, Chris Pine audition for this, and he has something like a broke down car. Did you see any of it? Basically, no. he walked in sweaty, unprepared. No confidence in himself, and halfway through the audition, he called it quits. He wanted to respect the casting director's time, and they just they just called it a no, which is crazy because he ended up being a big star. Yeah, he got uh, yeah. Captain Kirk in Star Trek. He could be Jake's Jake Sully, but he it was <laughs> it was not his day, right? It wasn't meant to be. I love that story. The studio really wanted Matt Damon and Jake Gyllenhaal. Really, Gyllenhaal would have crushed it. But Sam Worthington was living in his car. I mean, it's... But no, Cameron wanted... He wanted an unknown because he said that makes it believable. Like a grunt, a military type. If you put too, like... And I, I think there's something to that. If you put too, a, too much of a known face... Right. He's, Cameron's good at that. Away. We talked about that already. Yeah. Um, the film starts and ends with Jake, Jake Sully's eyes, which are symbolic of mental and spiritual growth. I hope the second one opens with Jake Sully's eyes. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great point. I hope so. I hope that too. Every Navi costume was built in, in real life with hand, but was built by hand in real life. Really, There's incredible attention to detail here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the movie took four years to make, from pre-production to release. Can you imagine four years? Well, you saw that he wanted it finished in 1999. Um. But it was estimated it was going to cost $400 million to make, so he had to wait. So he actually played the long game and waited till the effects got cheaper um, and more affordable. And once he saw, plus he didn't think they were where they needed to be for it to look the way he wanted it to. And it was when he saw, in 2002, he saw the Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, and he was then convinced from that film that he could do what he needed to do in this film. Yeah, that's a great story. Wow. Uh, the last note, the, the teacher in me, I don't know if you guys caught the book that Grace picks up in the uh, abandoned school. Oh, I saw that. that. Uh, yeah. It's The Lorax by Dr. Seuss. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the story of the Lorax is, uh, you know, about That's a forest. That's a great fucking book. About That's a forest a <laughs> that's, you know, being uh, taken down, destroyed by the man's lust for ever-growing industry. And so that was a nice little Easter egg for... But... Uh, about it final thoughts jeff like i said 
this is just a beautiful film. It looks so great on the screen. And even if you're not watching it in 3D, it's still beautiful. And it's a pretty damn good movie and tale as well. I'm super excited to revisit Pandora and see what James Cameron has for us next. Uh, I love it. By the way, Nico, before I get you on your final thoughts, so more one more tidbit on James Horner since we found out uh, that he uh, is no longer with us. He did say that this is his most difficult film ever, and it was the biggest challenge of his career. He spent a year and a half working on the music, and he worked from 4 a.m. to 10 p.m. 18-hour days for a year and a half for this music. Thank God. And he didn't win the Oscar. Poor bastard. Rest in peace, James. That's a hell of a work ethic. Hell of a work ethic. Final thoughts, Nico? The final, uh, final thoughts? I don't want this podcast to end. I can go for another two hours if you boys want to. <laughs> Rewatching this movie again made my weekend. It touched me so deeply and reminded me why going to the movies is so important and why it means so much to me. Ten years ago, twelve years ago when it came out, I wanted to take everybody I knew that I cared about to this movie. I wanted to be the one that took them. And that's how I felt. Again, this weekend, that's what led to me Venmoing you. I'm like, wait, wait, people got to get back. They got to see this. And the meaning of it all just kind of connects my tiny little life together. Every time a James Cameron movie comes out, and I'm just sitting here high on life thinking, hopefully the next four Christmases we're going <laughs> to we're gonna have another Avatar movie out. I'm just, you know, beyond, can't even describe the excitement of it. And hoping also, that as I mentioned earlier, I hope in anthropology courses 10 years from now, they are studying the Navi, right? Like it's a real thing. This has been done before. Right. Just how incredible of a project this was. Culturally, not just movie-wise, but everything. By the time it's all said and done. Musically, right? James Horner. Costume-wise, what's possible? Technology, as far as, mo- as movies go. I, uh, I can't wait to see it all unfold again. And this weekend was a great reminder of it. I'm so glad we did this. Truthfully, I wasn't that excited. But it was so special to do it with you guys. Well said. Well said, Nico. So, I guess I'll end it with... James Cameron's movies have always been game changers. And Avatar is no exception. This movie was meant for the theater. It's the best use of 3D to date. I'm excited to get back to Pandora for the sequel... I hope everyone felt the energy in the room on this one. Avatar's back in theaters. Go see it like we did. On behalf of Jeff, Nick, and myself, thanks again for listening to another edition of Movie Tales. Take care, everybody.